Welcome to the Show Me Education podcast. Join us as we share best practices and show you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. The mission of the Show Me Education podcast is to share stories that resonate with you and allow you to walk away feeling energized and inspired to improve education in your own community. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the learning. Welcome to the Show Me Education podcast. My name is Mark Clements, and I proudly serve Missouri students and educators through the Heart of Missouri Regional Professional Development Center at the University of Missouri. Typically on this program, we really try to keep the focus on celebrating the great work being done by teachers and leaders in Missouri schools. But for today's episode, members of the Show Me Education podcast core team sat down in a roundtable format to discuss a topic soon to be at the forefront of many of our listeners' minds interviewing and the hiring process. We had a lot of fun sharing some of our favorite and least favorite interview questions, discussing different interview formats, and reminiscing about our own experiences on both sides of the interview table. We hope you enjoy it and take something away that might help you prepare for the upcoming interview season. Before we get started, a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at showmeeducation, and we'd love if you'd consider subscribing to the show using your favorite podcast app, and consider leaving us a five-star review as well, if possible. You can find us on Facebook, and we've recently set up a variety of ways you can connect with us and leave us voicemails using Voxer, Flipgrid, or a few other tools. You can find linked in your show notes inside your podcast feed or at bit.ly slash showmeedu. This episode was a lot of fun to record, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody, into the Show Me Education podcast. This is a very exciting topic for all of us today. So my name is Mark Clements. I'm here from the Heart of Missouri Regional Professional Development Center, where I am a district continuous improvement consultant, along with various other um, academic improvement endeavors. And I'm very excited to be joined today by a number of our core team members. And we're talking about um, the interview process or the hiring process and how we go about bringing in new people into our team. And all of us have various levels of experience with this process. I think all of us respect the importance of that process and just how important it is to get the right fit and the right person on board. So I wanted to kind of have a little bit of fun as we introduce everybody here and just sort of uh, real quick summary. So uh, I think I'm going to start off with my colleague, Jonathan Lee, out of St. Louis, the St. Louis RPDC. So Jonathan, if you want to um, introduce yourself just a little bit real quick, but then tell us if you were going to summarize the interview process or the hiring process in one word, what would that look like? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, so my name is Jonathan Lee, one of the core team members as well. Uh, I'm out of the St. Louis region. I'm part of the District Continuous Improvement Project uh, and work with schools primarily in St. Louis and then Southeast Missouri uh, on data and whatnot. So uh, I have had the pleasure of going through a few of the few interviews and also been on some interview teams. And the process to me in one word would be um, exhausting. Um, but, uh, you know, we can expand from that from there. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I think, um, I like it. I think, uh, up next, if we're going to go to the central Missouri RPDC in Warrensburg, um, and my colleague, Betsy Reidenauer, first question, Betsy, did I pronounce your last name right? Cause I don't know that I've ever actually said it out loud. Perfect. Yeah, so, no, that was great. Good try. Good try. That was appreciate good. it. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I am Betsy Ridenauer. I'm an MTDS specialist. That's Missouri Teacher Development Specialist and um, out of the Central RPDC. And I think um, the hiring or the interview process in one word can be de described as thoughtful. As we all pause and think, and I watched the whole room like nod for a second. Yes. Wow. We're being yes. very thoughtful about your thoughtful answer. I know. That was the vibe I was going for. What do you think, Schuler? John Schuler, my colleague from, from my RPDC in Warrensburg, what do you think? Well, I, I like thoughtful. I, you know, I was thinking about it from two ends, you know, because I've been the person who hires and has to go through all of the, you know, uh, uh, and I'm a, I'm a leadership development specialist uh, at, at Warrensburg and Central RPDC. And, um, and so, you know, I've been the person who hires as a principal and I've been on the other end of it. Um, I've been on a teacher, a teacher who was on a hiring team. And then I've also been the teacher being interviewed and, and at the university level and, you know, at the, at the K-12 level. And so I think from the, the hiring part, I would, I think intentional would be my word because um, of how much work has to go into to that. And then um, from the higher E, like the person interviewing to try to get a job, I would say um, honest is the word I would use because I, I feel like uh, not being honest um, can easily be seen through in an interview. And um, if you've ever been on an interview team, after about the seventh interview, <laughs> you really start, you really can sift through some of the, the nonsense and, and get to some uh, real stuff. You can see, you can see when people are, are blowing smoke. So those are the, the, I, from two different directions, I would, I would have two different words. So. Wonderful. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm actually reminded here. Uh, I've served as a principal who's done some hiring. I've been a teacher on a committee um, and done the hiring process as well. And I can remember specifically one instance where a teacher was citing an educational author during an interview. Um, and it just so happened that it was an author that several of our team members had like done book studies around. And just very clearly, they were not clear on the topic that they were attempting to cite. And, and I think that kind of to your point, like I, you'd have been better off to be very transparent and just be honest about what you don't know at yeah. that point. So I like it. Um, how about another one of our um, leadership development specialists out of the St. Louis region, uh, Ted Huff? Tell us, what's, if you were going to summarize hiring in one process or the hiring process in one word, excuse me, what would that be? Thank you, Mark. So I am Ted Huff. I'm out of the St. Louis Regional Professional Development Center. I am a member of the Missouri Leadership Development Specialist Team. I'm also a retired uh, middle school principal. And as an MLDS specialist, I work out of the St. Louis region with the metropolitan area um, uh, principals um, and school leaders. So if I were to take this, um, I'm looking at one word, I'm looking at uh, involved and continuous are the two words that come to mind. That's two so words, Ted. I know. So I'm going so to throw out one. Thank you, Mark. I'm going to throw out one. I'm going to say involved. I think it is a process that um, if we look at it correctly, uh, it, it, there are layers. And I think it needs to go through it. There is a process. And I think it needs to have several components to get down to the right person. So that's what I would say, Mark. Back to you. Wonderful. Thank you. I, I think my one word would be exciting. I always liked the interview process, both as a teacher and as a principal. And obviously, if you're in a position where you're getting ready to do a bunch of it, you know, if you've got several openings, um, you know, if you're heading into that day where you've got eight interviews lined up or something, it is, it is most certainly exhaustive um, and all of that. But 
the, you know, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of neat. You know what I mean? Because you have a vision for where you want your school to be and what you want it to become. And it's, it's always exciting to me to kind of go about finding that right person um, and that right fit. So I will open it up to the floor um, for anybody that wants to kind of um, jump in first. But if you start thinking about, you know, what's the most important thing you look for um, when you're hiring a new team member? So, you know, the trying to drill down, get to know that um, person, obviously, but what's the, what's the first thing you're looking for? I, I think we'll narrow the scope just a bit and just say, let's assume we're hiring teachers um, because that may be different. I know some of you may have you know, been a, in a position to hire principals or something like that, but for the purposes of hiring teachers, what's the one thing you look for? Well, this is John. Oh, go ahead, Betsy. Sorry, I'll, I was going to chime in and just say that I think, you know, in my experience, I've sat on hiring teams before, and it's just that withitness. And in my, it, the sector that I work in with MTDS, you know, we have competencies, and withitness shows up in those competencies a lot. And it's kind of an ambiguous word, but going back to um, a lot of learning that as a consultant, I've been able to have the opportunity to have from Mike Rutherford, he refers refers to it as personal presence. And I think that that is what you look for. I mean, it's just that first impression, you know, just how they fit in when you're you're interviewing with the team. And it's just how they, the vibe of it, the vibe of it and their, their withitness. And they could not quote any books, really. You know, they couldn't, they don't even have to throw in the research that we all know is so important um, to become a teacher and to be uh, an effective teacher, but it's just their personal presence and and how they how they're gonna fit the fit of it all. You know, in it, in addition to that, um, you know, I like I like withedness, I like personal presence and and all of that's important, but part of that I think is that the person has done research about the school. You know, I, I had someone send a cover letter with uh, the wrong principal's name on it. And I was like, where did you even get this information? That was like two principals ago. And, um, and it could have been wrong on some site somewhere, but it seems like if you'd gone to the actual My Buildings website, you would have seen my name is not that. And, and it, was, it was really off-putting. Um, and when... Um, People have some some pretty fundamental uh, facts about the district incorrect um, or don't know anything about the district. If they're honest about it, I'm okay. But I feel like you know you want this job, you should have done a little bit of research, a, a modicum of research, you know, into uh, what the school is and what our goals are because they're all public, no, no secrets, and um, and and that kind of thing. So I just I uh, I like you know part of with itness. I think. Is that you? You you appear more with it. You know, you appear more with it in and a good fit if you know something about the district. And it's not like you have to try to impress anybody with your knowledge because you're not going to know more than they do. But it certainly helps to know a little bit. I would, I would agree with that, John, for sure. I mean, I'm looking for somebody that can build relationships pretty quickly. You know, and with itness makes a big deal. Um, there's other specifics, but I think that's all specific to what our goal may be. You know, there's been situations where we were big character ed focused. We definitely wanted somebody that had some kind of character ed background or a leader of me background. Uh, uh-huh. Worked on a team where we knew we had a strong math person. We knew we had a strong ELA person, but we were weak in science or social studies. So maybe that was kind of coming forward. So there was different aspects that we kind of looked for depending on 
the interview situation, but we definitely wanted someone that came through as um, really good at building relationships quickly and student centered. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. It's the students are going to be doing this and the students are really in the forefront of their responses. And it was became across that way. So, OK, I, I have to agree with you, Jonathan. You know, uh, you know, content knowledge, pedagogical skills, they're important. But that compelling nature, I think, uh, is huge. And so I'm going to go with compelling nature and the whole relationship pieces you talked about. Um, if you can't build relationships with individuals, with your colleagues, with, with your students, with the parents, you're going to struggle. And that's something you really, it's difficult to teach. You can coach them and we can support people uh, as, as we grow them in their content area and with uh, strategies. But um, the compelling nature piece, I think is huge. I think that goes right along with what John was saying, right? If you, if you're going to build relationships, you need to know people's names. So right. you need to take the time to, to research and see who is actually going to be on that committee. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a big piece. You know, uh, Ted, what you said reminded me of, uh, this is John, and what you said reminded me of um, something a coach told me one time. He said, well, I can, I can, I can, I can teach him to dribble, but I can't, I can't coach them into being taller. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, if a person isn't willing to be the person who's going to build relationships, sometimes that's a, that's not a necessarily, I mean, I can coach someone on how to build relationships, but if you're not the type of person who wants to build relationships, I, I can teach you a lot of things. I don't think I can teach you that. Um, but that's, that's, that's what made me think of it when you said that. And I think that's an important, all of those are important qualities for sure. So, one of my favorite interview questions, and this is kind of where we're heading next, is, you know, what are some of your favorite interview questions? But like all of you, I, I always valued, um, I wanted to see evidence of your ability to build relationships. And, you know, and I like, we came, we came up with a lot of different words there. Um, I like with itness. Um, I like it, Betsy. I, you know, that compelling nature, that presence. I, I think all of that um, is kind of getting at the same thing, which is, you know, my word for it was always authenticity. Um, we, I really wanted people to be authentic, to be them genuine, their genuine selves. And that includes with kids, right? So um, one of my go-to interview questions before I ask you about yours, you know, was trying to get to the core of that, um, which was give me an example of how you built a relationship with a student who maybe you had been previously struggling to build a relationship with. Because we know there is a percentage of our students that we're going to connect with pretty regularly, you know, and then there's another percentage that, you know, if we do sort of the normal types of things, the, the learning kids names and, and calling them by name and meeting kids at the door and showing some interest in their, you know, their lives. Um, but I always kind of want to get to, you know, you're going to have some students that's a little bit more of a struggle. So how do you intentionally build that relationship um, with students that maybe you've struggled to do that with? And I, I always like that, you know, give me an evidence of this or give me an example of this, because now I don't want to know the philosophical. I want to see some evidence that you've done this, right? So um, I know a lot of you have a lot more experience with um, with hiring and with leadership um, and especially coaching leaders. So um, this is kind of fun. We've got a lot of principals that might be listening right now, getting ready to do some hiring for this season. So what are some of your favorite interview questions? You know, I'm, I don't have that administrative background, but one of my favorite questions to ask and to be asked actually is how do you deal with conflict? And conflict is, it kind of has a negative connotation, but, you know, when, when you can hear opposing views, listen to opposing views and grow from them, then that's what I want to hear from a potential teacher is that 
they've, they've dealt with it in a certain way and they, they grew to either change their view or add something to it. And so I think that's, that's an important question to be asking potential teachers too, is how do you deal with conflict? You know, um, I like to give the the um, teachers scenarios. So, you know, something that was very important for me for a teacher quality was that they saw their instruction as having impact, and that they saw when it didn't have impact that that what needed to change was not the population of students they have, but their instruction, and um, and that's that was something I, I really was specifically looking for. It didn't matter what the subject was, what the content was, what the grade level was. I wanted to know that they felt like that their instruction is what, you know, uh, what impacted learning and that, that the instruction needed to change if the learning didn't happen the way they expected it to. So I would set up a scenario and it would depend on if they were a brand new teacher, like a first year teacher, it would be much less rigorous a question than if they were an experienced teacher. If they're an experienced teacher, I would have a, a pretty, you know, like, several points of, the, of a detailed uh, scenario that, and I would say, what would you do? And uh, what would your next steps be? And, um, and I say, take time to think, you know, first. I, and I was very, you know, I, I was very um, understanding of, of think time, you know, and even if they wanted to jot something down, but, uh, but I really wanted to know, I, I liked scenarios um, because I could say, you know, I started with like, tell us about a time and the answers I got just were, weren't as satisfying um, because they would, if they were on the spot, you know, and they were, I don't know, it just didn't, it, you know, like um, it, it didn't, it didn't get, it didn't get to what I was looking for, you know, which is, which was my intent, you know, like the intention I was talking about earlier being intentional. I really had, you know, intentional, like specific things I was looking for in every teacher. And so um, the scenarios just helped me get the questions, uh, get the answers that I was looking for. John, John I'm curious. Um, and again, knowing that we may have um, principal school leaders listening. Did you ever, I love the idea of like giving time. Okay. Take some time on this. Did you ever give the question in advance? Um, I had a couple of times or a couple of questions where sometimes I would give the, give the question in advance just because I wanted people to kind of have a chance to prepare something for it. Um, so like, and for me, that interview question was our mission statement is high levels of learning for all. What do you anticipate are our biggest obstacles and how can you help us overcome that? Because I want you to have a chance to kind of research a little bit or think a little bit about our, our specific situation. So I'm curious, like, is that something you thought about or is that something you think other, other leaders could think about? So I, I'm a big fan of performance events. And for me, it, the fewer performance events, I had only reflect was only that I, I had, I didn't have a chance to have as many because of time, because, you know, the teacher's time who were also on the committee to do it. So, but what I did was I would tell them, I'm going to have you respond to an email from a parent um, before they interview. So they would have uh, an extra 30 minutes. I would say, I would say it's going to be about a situation in your class and I want you to respond to the parent and you'll get the email um, from me, you know, when you arrive and, or from my secretary, it wasn't for me. And, and so, um, and then they would, you know, send me, send me the email reply and I would get sent the email. And so that's, I love that. So that's what I did ahead of time, um, for them. But, um, no, I didn't, I didn't give them the questions ahead of time. 
I went through an interview for an assistant principal job, and they gave me um, 12 questions, I think it was, 10 or 12 questions. Um, and all of them could have been asked in my time within the interview, but they wanted responses to all of them because they know that timing was always going to be an issue and they're not going to get to all the questions. So they want to have responses to those they didn't get to, um, but also give me time to think about what I was going to respond. So it was like I had to be there 45 minutes early. They gave me these questions and then I only had 30 minutes in the actual interview. Um, and then like John was saying, I went from there into a room with a computer and they gave me a packet of information that included like school data and all that stuff and said, all right, now you're going to present to the committee after this. I mean, it was a three hour process, um, but all set up in rows and you have an hour to create a 30 minute presentation on what your next steps would be for this building. And so it was pretty intense, but I liked being able to, because I don't always have the best answers when I think it's snaps. It's like that. Here's a question. Give me an answer. Um, it, it can sometimes come across as I'm not being authentic or I'm trying to make something up it's because yeah. I can't find the answer that quick. Um, and so I like being able to hear and see things in advance. So it helps me, helped me a lot. I didn't get the job, but it still helped me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep working, keep working, Jonathan. Hey, uh, this is Ted. Uh, so one of my favorite questions is for our interview panel is uh, tell us about Francis Howell Middle School. Um, I like that. We want to know what you know about us. You know, have you gone beyond the website? Have you done some digging into who we are? Um, do you know about our core values um, and why we have core values? Um, and and we I, we learn a lot. Uh, some of them have some of them go deep and talk about who we are. Some of them said you know they they've researched us. They they you know they they check our social media. Um, I want to know what they know um, because are, are they really really interested in us? Um, and who are they? You know, yeah, I, uh, I was going to say that. Sorry, John. <laughs> we'll keep on jumping on each other. <laughs> I was going to say that exact same thing, though, that the piece of advice I would give to potential interviewees would be to do your research. You know, I mean, it goes back to that first question, too, that you have to be authentic. You have to, you have to know who you're talking to and what their story is. And I mean, and honestly, for me, if I was going to go back into the field and I wanted to work at a certain school district, if they didn't, if they didn't have a story out there, I'm not sure I would apply to that, to that district. You know, I want to, I want to know who they are and I want them to have told me a story through social media, through their website, you know, and, and have other teachers talking about all the great things that they're doing. And so as an interviewee, you need to know those things, reach out to the people that you know that work there and, and follow them and really, really do your research. You know, Ted, I had a, a, a teacher apply for an intern position and one of the, it was one of the best interviews um, I had ever uh, had on, you know, from an uh, interviewee point of view, because he explained to us how he fit in to our, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the ecosystem the, of our, of our, of our building. And it was, it was amazing the research he had done um, about how, and then he, and he just said, here's where I fit in and here's what I bring to the table. Here's how I can help. And I'm like, dang, man, that was really good. <laughs> You want to know that you're that you're the teacher you're hiring has invested themselves into making your school community a better right. place. 
Well, but yeah. but, let, but let me ask this question because as you're talking through that, like I, I can't help but put myself in the interviewee position, you know, or the applicant. We'll talk about that, you know, things from that perspective in a second. But one of the things that I'm hearing hearing you guys say is talking about looking at social media, looking at the school website, doing some research, et cetera. But to John's point earlier, um, I want you to be correct. You know what I mean? Like, don't, you know, don't, you know, be halfway about it. Um, and I mean, with all due respect to all of our, our constituents that are listening right now, um, upon occasion, school websites aren't always as up to date as what we would like. Right. Um, so I, w- I would be terrified as an applicant to say like, hey, so I noticed you've got this intervention block or this schedule or this is your value or, you know, this is your mission statement or this is the person and, and be wrong because the school's website was. So maybe that's a maybe that's a thought for our listeners to think about is make sure you're, you're up, your stuff's up to date. Um, but does, does that does anybody else like would be nervous about that? Because I, I would be really reluctant to get too specific about what I was quoting. We always were required to keep everything updated, you know. Uh, our school approval plan had to be on the site, you know, information about our organizations. That is not a universal requirement, sir. (laughs) Well, but but I can't, I can't help help everybody else. So I completely completely respect that. That's a great, that's a great idea. And I completely respect that your district was, that's a great idea. I I tell, I tell myself and others, and actually I told um, a participant going through ISI certification training just last night uh, that the interview process is as much for you as it is for the people that are interviewing, interviewing you. You are learning as much as the district, as much as they are learning as much as you. And sometimes it's not a fit. And from a tech guy, from a guy that has a technology background, if I learn because I did my research that their stuff is not up to date because that's not a priority and it is one of my many priorities, then, then we don't have a good connection. And I know going at that point was that I would be butting heads with people because I or banging my head against the wall because I want to do X, Y, or Z. And that's not on their list of priorities. And it's just not going to be a fit. And you just have to be okay with that. It's like, you know what? All right, I'll move on to the next one. And so that's a big, that's a big deal to me. You know, in this day and age too, that we, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we've all experienced the virtual environment of education now. I'm hoping that the majority of the districts, at least in Missouri, have put themselves out there in a, in a different way and kept things updated. And, and just like what Jonathan said, though, if I was walking in and I had done all my research and then I show up and I realize that they haven't updated it since 2016, then I don't know if I'm, if this is my, my jam, you know, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it seems so antiquated by that point that it's like, I, this is not up to par with my, my expectations and my experience and what I've learned in my college courses, if I'm brand new or whatever, it, it it's, it is a lesson for, for the district then, you know what, we're not attracting applicants that we are going to be able to retain because we're not doing our part to retain them and to recruit them. You know, something else that, you know, what Jonathan was talking and, and I was thinking it really like um, when I was a teacher, you know, we technology just wasn't an issue, you know, I mean, cause I'm older than I think most of you. And um, but now I, that would be one of the first questions I would research is, you know, everybody, most everybody is one-to-one or some version of it. I would want to know, you know, what, what sort of technology they're 
they're using? What what's their platform for the grade book? What is you know these kind of things? And if it's you know let's let's just take for example, uh, you know you're you're only used to Chromebooks. You have no experience with you know uh, Macs or Apple, you know whatever all those products. And maybe that wouldn't be you know you wouldn't that wouldn't be something for you to do. You know you wouldn't want to uh, jump into the pool and not be familiar with any of the platforms they're using or the devices or anything else. And maybe that's that, but that's something that um, I hadn't thought of until Jonathan was saying, it's talking about some of that, that that's something that you would want to know. And I mean, and I hadn't, I hadn't shared my question yet, but my question would be right along those lines and it include tech and it's, in the of tech focus, it's not the only thing I look for, or I'm not going to necessarily if they don't have things up to date, there's many excuse or whatever, but, you know, I, I think that I like the scenario piece too. And just if, if I were to walk into your classroom, describe what I would see. Right. And mm-hmm. I would know what our key points were. Like, I want to make sure that they explain something that's related to the relationship with the kids or that the engagement's going to be there or the technology is going to be involved in some way. And so as the person asking it, I know what I'm looking for because I know what I want to see when I observe somebody else in my classroom. But that was always one that I like to ask and have been asked. So, no, that goes along with, um, you know, like as you're, as you're interviewing, you know, projecting problem solving ability, you know, so explaining the process of how you would get to that decision is also, I think, so not, not that you want to be too wordy, you know, um, like I, I can be, but um, you really want to um, really want to demonstrate that you can problem solve, you know, which is I usually uh, one of the questions has something to do that I that I always ask had something to do with explain your process. Here's the here's the problem. Explain your process for solving this problem. And and it really um, it helped all of the interview team really understand like, is this person a thoughtful person? Is this person looking at these things as problems to solve, which we really needed? You know, you need that, you know, um, and even relationship stuff. You know, you need to say, hey, if I didn't know about this kid, I would find out about this kid. And here's how to go about finding out about this kid, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's problem solving is also, you know, a huge, a huge thing that I would recommend people try to demonstrate in their answers. I want to pull Ted real quick because I want to give two answers because um, it is not. <laughs> I thought of another one that 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 wasn't used didn't used to be my favorite question, but now it really is my favorite question because of what I said that you want to learn as much about the the school or district that you're going to interview for, um, and it's the last question and it's what questions do you have for us? And you know a lot of times when I started off I hated that question because I never had questions like oh no I'm good I think I'm good, but that really tells you a lot of things both directions and that it is your mm-hmm. chance to to learn you know if i'm interviewing being interviewed by john schuler i want to know what his leadership style is so right. john, what, what, tell me tell me a day in the life of, of john schuler at school and right. i want to hear that he's not sitting behind his desk uh pushing papers around which i know he probably did right. but I mean, my answer would be none of your business but you know hey it would tell a lot about <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you definitely want to go in there with some kind of an- a class question because you know they are important not just for you but for them I, I was fortunate enough at one point to do some mock interviews with some um, undergrads when I was a principal, and that, that was a lot of fun. But one of the things that I told them is when the interviewer asks you, do you have any questions for us? No is the only wrong answer. 
Right. Like, like it almost doesn't matter what your questions are. You know, I, I, I and I always said, you know, like, hey, how much am I going to get paid? It's probably not a good one. You know no. what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, so I guess it's not the only wrong answer. There are others, but you know, you can ask questions about mission, vision, values. You can ask questions about collaborative or professional growth opportunities, or you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of options that you can go with there. Um, I think that we do need to differentiate between an undergrad who's looking for a job, sure. you know, just graduating and a teacher who's moving districts because it's, right. it's different kinds of advice you offer those two types of people. You and I, I don't know, what do you guys think? As, as <laughs> former principals, I, I mean, I think theoretically and to be equitable, we need to ask the same questions of all of our interviewees. Yeah. However, it is, you, you gauge their answers differently depending on where they are in their careers. Absolutely. So how do you differentiate between the two? Ted, you take this one. Okay, so, so if you're an experienced teacher and I'm asking you about um, your, your pedagogy or I'm asking you about some instructional strategies and if you're not on your game and you're, you're not current, um, you need to move on. Um, because an experienced teacher should be showing me that they have uh, advanced skills, that they have all these things in place and they can just hit the ground running like nobody's business. And if they can't do that, or if they're just looking for a change, I'm just looking for a change of pace, a change of scenery. I need a different building. You need to look for a different building because my building's door is closed. So, um, yeah, I agree, Betsy. I I think that, and when for novice teachers or new teachers, um, I want to see excitement. I want to see, you know, that they want to learn, and I want to see, you know, see where where, where they want to go. You know, I know it's not on our list, uh, Mark and everybody, but you know, here's. Here's a, a question that gets asked that I think people um, shouldn't answer in a certain way. And, and the question is, and I got asked this and I used to ask it because I was told I was given a list of questions from, from our HR and it was, where do, you, where do you see yourself in 10 years or five years or something like that? I hated that question because I felt like, well, A, I'm going to be lying because what if I said, well, I want to be out of here, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, or something, because who knows? I but, see myself um, sitting in your chair. That's where I yeah, see myself sitting. Yeah, but, right. Um, I, I would encourage people to answer it in a way that that isn't a lie, you know, so you want that authenticity like we talked about and sincerity, but sincerely, you know, answer it where uh, you're just talking about yourself. Here's the kind of person I want to be in five years. And um, instead of it being job related, it's, it's growth related. And I think that, um, you know, like either personal or professional growth, and I want to be the type of teacher that blah, 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 you know, whatever your, your reflection, when you reflect on that, what do you, what do you want? What kind of teacher do you want to be in five years, 10 years? What kind of person do you want to be? And I think that that's a, that's a classic question that gets asked and it's, it's dumb. I don't like it. Um, but it also, it, you can't answer it sincerely and, uh, and make it, you know, pretty profound at the same time. So I, I uh, first want to, you know, dub in Mitch Hedberg. I don't know if anybody heard him, but yeah, he says that in his act, in his responses, celebrate the fifth year anniversary of you asking me this question. And it just, uh, it, it's hilarious. But, uh, you know, I think that I hate the question too, honestly. However, if you look at the purpose behind it, right, because you, as you're hiring someone, you don't want to hire one of those that's going to be you know, jumping from classes, school to school, district to district, you want someone that's going to be dedicated to your building. So in theory, your question, your answer should be along the lines of, I plan on being fully entrenched in this district 
doing whatever needs to be done for the community um, and, you know, whatever role that happens to be, whether it's the same one that I'm applying for now or leadership somewhere, then I'm here because I, I, I love this district and everything you have. But that's really the 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 investment is what they're really trying to go for, I think, now, because I after being asked that probably four or five times and I hated it the first four or five times. Um, but I kind of understand the reason behind that. If, that, if that's at least that's my take on it. Right. So thinking a little bit about that um, and Betsy drew, I think a very appropriate distinction between, you know, first, you know, um, people applying for their first teaching position um, versus people who are perhaps more seasoned in the field and looking to um, change districts for whatever reason. Um, and I think that's, I think that's true. I think there's a distinction um, and maybe what we, what we look for, or, you know, what our expectations might be in certain answers, you know, kind of like what Ted said. Um, I, I, one of my go-to um, pieces of advice, I should say, for anybody applying for a new position, and, and candidly, I think it's probably true of any position. I think it's true if you're applying for a principal position, or if you're applying for a superintendent position or a teaching position, or frankly, applying for what we do, right? Like, you know, something, you know, whatever. Um, I always tell candidates, think about don't try to prep the questions in advance like you can go on and you can google like you know most popular teaching interview questions or something like that but think about the story that you have think about your narrative think about your great experiences like the kid that you made a difference with the best lesson you ever gave you know the the time you know the the parent that you were able to build a relationship with that you know seemed a little bit kind of um combative at first, but you were able to kind of mitigate. Think about those positive experiences you've had, and then think about what questions I might get asked that allowed me to talk about that. So I really want to try to, you know, find a way to tell my story and tell what I, you know, what I think highlights my strengths, because I'm going to find opportunities to tell that. So if I want to talk about a parent I built a bridge with, I'm listening for you to ask me some question about how I deal with conflict or a question about, you know, how I deal with it, you know, or how I build relationships in the community or because there's a lot of questions that would fit that. So I want to kind of, you know, prep ahead of time and thinking about what's what makes me unique um, and how I might tell that story. But um, if anybody has any thoughts on that or if you have other, you know, kind of advice you might give to um, potential candidates. And I would I would open this one up as well to, you know, people maybe applying for principal positions or applying because uh, applying for superintendent positions or anything. But whatever thoughts you have, you know, how, what advice would you give for the person on the other side of the table? So they need, they need to rehearse. They need to practice. You don't go into this cold. You don't go in this and, and, you know, be impromptu. So, you know, they're going to ask you about, you know, what brings you to the table today. And so you're going to talk about your history You're talk about your, your degrees, your experience that ties in to this particular, particular position. Oh. Uh, so, you know, rehearse um, that and also dress professionally. I know I'm Ward Cleaver and I'm old fashioned, but if you come into my interview with a gentleman without a tie, I probably won't be thinking twice about having you come back. So um, here's the deal. You know, Mike Rutherford always says, dress one step above your audience. So I think it's very important to dress, dress professionally, dress up. Um, that's huge. I think no. all of those things, I think all of those things, and I'll echo all of that, but I, I also, going back to the storytelling piece, I think any question that you're asked, you can turn into a story of growth and how you grew as a person, how you grew as a professional. That's what we want from our kids, right? That's what we want from students. We want them to show growth. We're not all proficient in everything that we, we set out to do, but we are all growing. And so any question that you are asked, 
it should be always linked back back to how you grew from that situation. And I, I, I would love to hear those answers if I was interviewing somebody, if they could link it back to their personal growth. Well, I, I had, um, Ted, I, I had um, teachers who would, or people who would, candidates who would interview for the jobs and they would, they would dress in the school colors. And, and that's kind of taking it to the next, you know, like wear a tie that's the color of the school colors and, and or a shirt or something like that. And I thought, wow, that's a, that's really a good idea. <laughs> I would never have thought of that because it's kind of like one of those second level. Uh, even, even if it's subconscious, right? Because there's a yeah. nobody really picked up on it, but yeah. oh, it, it makes you look lot. like it. Like, you know yes. what I mean? If you just happen to walk in wearing a tie with the right color or something. I yeah. 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 I think it fit. No. yeah. It, doesn't hurt. it doesn't hurt for sure. So can you take it to the next level and just go ahead online and buy like the a hoodie of their their school and just wear that? I mean, is there oh, that, I, like, across dress the line? like the mascot? Dress like the mascot. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was just like they, you know, our school colors were red and white, and so they they would wear a white shirt with the red tie, you know. And I was like, and it was intentional. You knew it, and and uh, and I, I appreciated it. I appreciated it. I like effort. That's effort and research. Those yes, Mark, Mark. Have you ever, Mark? Have you ever dyed your beard for school colors? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm terribly self-conscious about like, I, I, I can't apply for another job right now because like, I'm afraid if Ted's on the other side, like yeah. I'm going to have a huge dilemma. Like, do I be my authentic self? You know, like what John wants and keep the beard or do I shave the beard to look as old school professional as what Ted was describing? Yeah, I don't Ted. know. I, it's a good thing. I love my job and I love yeah. what I currently do. And no, I don't no, have to. You, Ted, Ted might turn you away at the door. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mark, you keep the beard, but there's a tie under your beard. Okay. That's all I need to know. You can't see it. Yeah, it's okay. As long as you're wearing a tie, you know, or a bow tie, if you keep it, if you keep the beard. By the way, this is like an audio podcast, right? Like nobody's saying we're gonna have to move this to YouTube. (laughs) Nobody's gonna get the joke. You know, if you keep the beard long enough that you don't have to worry about the quality of the knot, and that's really the real. Like I'm just, I'm just terrible at tying a tie, so I just grew the beard out, so I don't have to worry about it now. Oh, problem solving. See all these things. There you go. That's right. So we only, um, this is, this has been a lot of fun. I know we could do, you know, two or three or four hours on this. My hope is that, um, any, any potential listeners out there, whether you're applying for a new position, um, or if you are, um, you know, getting ready to hire for new positions, um, hopefully we gave you some things to think about here. I know all of us would be eager to engage with you. So feel free to, um, share your interview questions on any of our social media accounts or feel free to, you know, reach out to any of us. I know Ted mentioned, um, you know, preparation's important and make sure you have a chance to rehearse. I won't volunteer any of my colleagues, but I'm sure they would be willing. I'll I'll volunteer myself. Hey, feel free to reach out. Like I I love doing mock interviews and things like that anyway. So I'll jump on zoom with you for 15 or 20 minutes, give you some feedback, kind of get some thoughts, um, that kind of thing, just, just for fun. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure all of us will be willing to share interview questions we've used in the past or anything like that too. So, um, it is the season to make sure, uh, we get the right fit. So um, I'll just kind of um, whip around real quick. But if anybody wants to share out their, uh, their social media accounts or how we can um, stay in contact with everybody, um, you can follow, um, follow me on Twitter at Mark Clements EDU or, um, or follow my RPDC at HOM RPDC. You can shoot me an email, ma at Missouri.edu. And I'll make sure to put all this in the show notes as well. But if anybody else wants to 
um, share their contact. I, I don't want my Warrensburg friends to talk over each other again. Somehow we somehow we consistently managed to do this. Even nobody else seems to. I, I don't know. It must be in the water in Warrensburg. So they're side by uh, side on my screen. That's what it is. Right. So um, Betsy, they only have one phone line out there. <laughs> Bet, Betsy, you're first because I don't want John to try to steal your steal your screen time here. So uh, Betsy, how could people how could people get in contact with you? Hold on. The one phone line thing, that is, <laughs> that is really, really, yeah. Jonathan is not getting hurts. a job in Central Missouri anytime no, soon. That okay. hurts. That hurts. No, uh, uh, my uh, Twitter account, you can tweet me at Bet's Ride. It's B E T Z R I D E. Email right now or at ucmo.edu. Um, we also have um, Show Me Education Podcast Facebook account. You can reach us there too. Okay, and I am uh, J at J Schuler S C H U L E R two uh, on Twitter, and then uh, my email is Schuler S C H U L E R at ucmo.edu, and uh, and I you reach out, I'd be happy to help you with some interview stuff. Betsy and I just recently did that with uh, someone applying for a job and helped her kind of think through the whole process and. Was a little more involved than I was planning, but it was very, it was good for all three of us, I think, to go through that process. So, yeah. Jonathan Lee here in St. Louis. Connect with me on Twitter at Tech Percent. Uh, also connect with the show. Uh, Betsy mentioned the Facebook. We also have the Twitter, of course, uh, at Show Me at EDU Podcast or whatever it is, Show Me Education Podcast. Uh, but then we also added three new avenues to connect with the show. So uh, Mark said, share your interview questions, your thoughts, and, and all that. You've got We've got Voxer set up now, uh, with SpeakPipe set up now. And if you love video, you can also use Flipgrid. And I am Ted Huff, but my Twitter handle is at Ted Hiff. So that's at T-E-D-H-I-F-F. Um, there's a story behind that. For another date and then you can my uh email is at uh, i'm sorry t huff at edplus.org oh my gosh all right well once again thank you so much team this has been a lot of fun um i've really enjoyed it i would look forward to engaging with any of our listeners in the future on this topic but it's been a lot of fun thank you thank you everyone for listening to today's episode And while we hope you are finding joy and meaning in your current positions, we hope today helped you if you find yourself considering a new opportunity or looking for that next great team member. If you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out to any member of the team using any of the contact information mentioned during the show today, or you can find it in your show notes of your podcast feed or by visiting us at bit.ly slash showmeedu. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep up the great work and enjoy the learning. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Education Podcast. Be sure to share your learning from the show with others. The Show Me Education Podcast is a collaborative project between the Regional Professional Development Centers of Missouri with a vision of sharing best practices and showing you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. Please subscribe to the show to catch all the wonderful content coming your way.